According to an article in Fortune magazine, 54% of millennials say financial anxiety is making them depressed. Let's dive into that in today's episode of The Catholic Money Show. A couple weeks ago, I came across this article Mm -hmm. in Fortune, um, their online magazine, and it was about financial woes. Yes. That in particular of millennials. They did touch on Gen Z, who's doing just a pinch better. Very little pinch. Emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't say a whole lot because they do have so much more time uh, compared to millennials. But basically that they are, you know, millennials are falling into discouragement and depression. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say we are firmly in the millennial world. We're probably on the older millennial um, maybe firmly in the middle. I'm not we're quite sure. 100% yeah. 100% pure, pure blood millennial. <laughs> yes. And this is, you know, we're basically in our late 30s, depending on when you're listening to this episode. But And depending on when you cut off late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, this is a time when typically people start to level out financially. You know, a lot of strain tends to be, it's it's expected in your 20s. It's kind mm-hmm. of expected mm-hmm. as you begin to grow your family. Kids are, kids are still being added to the flock. But then towards that, the late 30s, 40s, things are known to, for more, most families start to stabilize. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that 50s and 60s, you're at the highest earning potential that you've ever had, typically, and then you coast off into retirement. Well, that's not the path that millennials have taken. Mm-hmm. I think that we were we were the, the literal millennial generation that graduated into the workforce in 2008, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Graduated <laughs> straight into a giant recession and financial collapse. And then once we get the feet under us... Here we go. Again. There was like a second one. Yeah. <laughs> and had there the been, COVID. And there were so many weird things yes. that have happened over the last few years. And then there was the inflation. Then there was the all the things. Um, and so we are here to kind of talk about that. And so I, I shared this article on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, too, if you haven't read this article, we'll put a link. But also, you've probably read other articles very much like it mm-hmm. because it seems that everybody... Uh, is running into a harder financial time these days. Mm-hmm. And it's not just taking a toll financially, but also emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. People just getting overwhelmed. And we're not here to do one of those like, it all sucks. It's all going to hell in a handbasket. We're just screwed. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> like, that's not what we're going to do in this episode, even though I, I think at least half the articles on about this topic out there are more or less just a, a pout article and then they don't really have any set sort of way around it or or way to actually figure it out so that you're not just left in a lurch Um, there are some very key specific practical steps that you can take to get some momentum with your money and we're going to talk about those Mm -hmm. Uh, but first we're just we want to acknowledge acknowledge the position that a lot of people have found themselves in the last couple of years have been a little bit of a financial whiplash Mm. Um, pandemic. Say a financial whip across your back. <laughs> <laughs> there, then they were there was there was money thrown at people. Then there was the inflation due to the money thrown at people. Um, then there was <clears throat> talk about a recession coming. There was a lot of res- resigning. There was a lot of 
now there was a lot of hiring that began mm-hmm. to happen. It was just a lot of weird things have kind of percolated yeah. over the last few years. <clears throat> and I read a different article that talked about how the average American now is seeing about 700 to $750 of buying power out of their income every month, just gone. It's vanished. Mm. It doesn't exist because inflation ate it. Does that make sense? So the same lifestyle you had four or five years ago, you would have felt like you had $700 more per month than you do right now. Mm. Um, So you you might... and so these these it's concerns, these concerns aren't from nowhere. You know, you're buying the same groceries, doing the same activities, maybe added a kid or two, mm-hmm. and there's just less money for it. So yeah. these are valid concerns. And so this is I did a poll. Of course, I did a poll on Instagram um, because we are heading into our fall season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to actually debut We'll talk more about it at the end, but we're going to run our Catholic money course live this fall. We've yep. never done this before, but we are going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're we're getting people into that into that mindset of, um, you know, what are you feeling right now? Because we want to help people not feel that way. You don't have to stay stuck feeling like this. Um, so here's some of the things that I got. And this, these were vulnerable and honest responses from people. I kept them anonymous. So right. Judy in Twin Falls, Minnesota said, <laughs> just kidding, Judy. Um, feeling frustrated. We work so hard and can barely make ends meet. Two incomes, three kids. So tight. It's really frustrating seeing everything get more expensive. Um, as a millennial, pretty terrible. Interest rates up. Pay is down, everything more expensive. Panicked is the polite way to phrase it. Mm. <laughs> What's the impolite way? <laughs> My pants. is a- Another one, I need help. Anxious. Exhausted. Feels like a losing battle. It's a touchy subject in my marriage. Mm. Feeling... Feeling good. We got a feeling good in there. Hey. hey. Good work. Oh, it's there a wallet go. winner. Somebody who's, oh, been, <laughs> somebody who's actually taken our class. Um, millennial, feeling okay as long as we stay in this house. Ain't that the truth? Because if you move, we joke all the time of like, we couldn't rebuy our home today. No way. <laughs> it's way more expensive and the mortgage is way more expensive. <laughs> right. So just everybody hold tight. Make what make yep. do with what you got. <laughs> You're gonna shelter in place again. <laughs> um stressed, worried, frustrated, preoccupied. Salary can't keep up with house prices. I do sometimes wonder. I'm like, who's buying that? Who's buying? Just like now, you know, we don't live in a oh, high cost of living area, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, a mediocre new build house is like $700,000. And I just sit there thinking, like in we don't parts. have a whole lot of sure. incomes in the Omaha metro that justify that outside of maybe four or five professions. <laughs> like, how did you do that? I guess they're the ones buying it. But no, well, you there. I read a different article a, f- a couple months back that talked about how millennials are buying homes. Mm. And at least it was something like over half of them, like were getting something from their parents' retirement or they cashed in their retirement mm. or they got an inheritance. There's, it's, it's like, 
there's a lot of different ways mm-hmm. it is happening, mm-hmm. but it should leave us scratching our heads because it doesn't make sense with the common incomes that are out there that somebody would be able to go buy a $700,000 home at eight and a half percent. You know, just the math doesn't exist with an average income. Um, mentally and emotionally exhausting. I know God will provide, but it's requiring some radical trust. I'm going to talk about that. Tired of worrying about it, counting it, wishing there was more, spending it, just tired. Anxious, fearful of inflation, gas prices, food costs, often feeling like I can't have fun. Ooh. Ooh, it's just bills and then you die. Mm. That feeling is terrible. <laughs> That's a horrible feeling. Wow. We've all been there before. <laughs> um, let's see. Overwhelmed. Looking after my parents while wa- wanting to build my own family. There's a lot of prices kind of in both directions there. Mm-hmm. Um, two kids stressed about the cost of childcare. Can't afford to bring my wife home. Mm. Adjusting to a lot of change, still trying to figure out how things will look. So just a lot of <clears throat> a lot of dancing, a lot of shifting, mm-hmm. a lot of moving things around to kind of figure it out. And then just a lot of that feeling overwhelmed, feeling out mm-hmm. of control and the various emotions that come with that. Yeah. Worrying how you're going to pay for it all. Yeah, there's that worry, the question marks, the uncertainty. Because, boy, it feels like everything got a whole lot more expensive. And I think in most cases, everything did. So it is really a question on how will this turn out? Mm -hmm. And that's a question that can keep you up, Mm -hmm. especially as, um, as you have more people you are responsible for as you get married, as you grow your family. There's more pressure mm-hmm. and a lot, usually more expenses too. So even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what do we do when, when we're in this situation? What do we do when we're not quite sure what's going to happen? We're not happy with what's happening right now, but I don't know if I can find out a way forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, um, we're going to talk about two different things here. So <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about grace and nature. Mm-hmm. And what I mean when I say grace and nature is as Catholics, we're both and people. You know, it's not one thing or another. It's not, um, you know, money versus our faith. Mm-hmm. But it's, sometimes it's really tempting to get into these dichotomies. So this temptation of like, well, if I'm going to actually be serious about my faith, I have to kind of um, just not think about money and not care about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of, no, I can care about it, but I can care about it rightly. And I can use w- wisdom given in scripture and by the church to manage it. And I can take my faith seriously. And I can trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how those two things need to stay married to one another. Yes. And the false belief that sometimes here, here's, and I don't want to go off on a rant, mm. but somebody shared, and we teach this. I'll hear phrases like, trust the Lord, mm-hmm. God will provide, mm-hmm. he'll show up. If God's called you to this, you will receive all that you need. Mm-hmm. These things are all true. 
It is. We true. actually teach people how to practically do this, how to not just make it a phrase that gets tossed out um, just to kind of because you feel uncomfortable with somebody describing their painful situation in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. just wash it away <laughs> with a God will provide, you know, like eh, I hate when people do that. But we teach people actually, how do you put yourself in the way of grace to invite him in, abandon yourself, make acts of trust, make acts of faith in a way that attracts God into your situation? Mm -hmm. We teach that, okay, all day long. But I think a lot of people use this to either get out of a painful conversation that they don't know how to answer, or if you're the one saying it to yourself, Oftentimes I see it being used to dismiss imprudence, disobedience, and financial mismanagement. Mm. Yeah. Do I need to say that again? Say it again, girl. Okay. Using these phrases, if they are authentic and true and they're married to you also doing the practical things that you need to do, great. And we'll describe some of that in a minute. But all too often I see them used to dismiss or to make it so that you yourself don't have to look at the imprudence, the disobedience, and the financial mismanagement you have in your life. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because those are painful things. Yeah, understanding that our Lord is all-powerful and loves us and wants to bless us and all of these things. Yes, that's true. But it's not an excuse uh, to go do a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> like... <laughs> Our kids know we love them and we will protect them and we will keep them safe, but they don't, at least they shouldn't, test that by running out into the road without looking. That would be a bad move. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right, it's, uh, right, we don't want to put the Lord to the test. We don't want to, um, yeah, make him do things that he doesn't need to. Like, yeah, we don't want to, he's going to catch us when we fall. That doesn't mean we get to throw ourselves on the ground. (laughs) Sure. And, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that replied to my Instagram survey, that this is their situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not not judging anyone and saying that you are throwing yourself on the ground. Just because you're in a painful spot doesn't assume these things. Mm -hmm. But it might be information to help you uncover something that might be going on. So... If you have some imprudence, some disobedience, some financial mismanagement going on, God can still work despite these things. Mm -hmm. And he can actually even, because he's so good, he can use them for our good. He can use them for our good. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, he actually will sometimes exacerbate in his mercy the pain that we're in as a Mm -hmm. wake up call to get to tip us off that maybe there's a different way here. So if you're caught in a thing where things are kind of going from bad to worse, this could be a stop and smell the roses moment. (laughs) Tuning into this episode of the Catholic Money Show could be a moment for you to realize in all humility, we're speaking with all charity here, that maybe the way you've been doing it isn't the the right way. Mm -hmm. There could be a different way that would the fruits of it would be more peace. The fruits of it certainly would be a little bit more stability. That's not what we seek in and of itself, but through good stewardship, sometimes that's a, an effect and a fruit of that. Um, 
And so there could be a different way of doing this that the Lord is inviting you to. And we're going to chat about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he wants to provide for you. He wants to bless you. He also wants us to act responsibly, Mm -hmm. to make good decisions, and to know what to do with those things he's going to bless us with. And one of those things might very well be our finances. Mm-hmm. So we need to have uh, we need to have the skills, right? Like, and this gets attributed to everybody. I think it might have been Saint Ignatius, but the old pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. You need both sides of the coin. He's going to do his work. We need to do our work. Mm-hmm. A lot so, of saints have given an iteration of that, mm-hmm. kind of confirming its wisdom. Absolutely. So. Let's think about that when it comes to money. Of course, this applies, this whole idea applies to like every situation in our lives, every realm of our being. But let's look at the financials for this. So we need to be praying and handing it over and trusting God, all these things. Mm -hmm. And, okay, what's our part then? What are the things that we need to know? We need to understand just practical knowledge and wisdom about managing our finances well. Mm-hmm. and then put those into practice. So, right, it's just not enough to know that God is good. We need to believe he's good. We need to act like he's good, you know, relate with him, build up that relationship. Well, we need to know these things about money, how mm-hmm. to use it, and then we need to actually do them. Yep. So these practical skills, for instance, budgeting. Budgeting is a keystone to handling your money well, mm-hmm. planning out how you'd like to spend your money this month. Mm-hmm. That is so important, no matter if you are uh, in the throes of financial woes and despair Ooh. and like uh, need to figure out your very careful plan to get out, or you're on the whole other end with, you know, s- sitting on piles of money and you need to plan very carefully, how are we going to use this to do the most good in the world mm-hmm. and everywhere in between? So that's a very practical skill that you need. Yeah, we often t- teach people that. Um, sorry, I can't reach yeah, that. I if got you it. can reach it, I thank you. Um, budgeting is the most practical way to live virtue with your money, because if you, you know, you've heard the phrase, "You show me your bank statement, I'll tell you, I'll show you your values." Mm. You know, it's where the rubber meets the road, and you get to see what's happening. And so really right there, if you are not budgeting, this is like ding, ding, ding. First thing you've got to do before anything else that we talk about here. Mm. But if you're not budgeting, I don't know. This uh, this is like the plane flying in the sky telling you you need a different plan. If you're not budgeting, this is your moment to be like, okay, whoa, stop the presses. If I'm in pain, it's probably because I'm not budgeting. Mm -hmm. Like this is it's that impactful of a skill. Now, some of these other ones um, are also important and they're also, you know, we can find their origins in scripture and in um, the teachings of the church, maybe in the catechism and then lived out in the lives of the saints. Um, But budgeting really is that linchpin that everything else kind of hinges on. Mm -hmm. It's that first primary skill. So next one would be um, paying off your debt and just living without consumer debt. Mm -hmm. It's just wise. If you right now find yourself racking up debt, taking on debt, not Mm -hmm. paying your debt, 
this is this is not a situation the Lord's called you to. If you are racking up debt with no intention of paying it back because you know you don't have it, now you are stealing. Or even no intention, maybe like, I don't I don't even know how it's going to happen. Right. I don't know how, the, like you don't have to go, <laughs> swipe, no, no, no. swipe, 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 never pe- paying that back. People do that. That's crazy. People do that because yes. they plan to just uh, rack it to the hogs come home and then, and then bankruptcy. bankruptcy. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. People do that. That's immoral. Now, if that if you're somebody who like you just you literally you don't you want to but you literally don't know how you're going to mm-hmm. it's still not right yes that's not you wise s- and you certainly shouldn't be doing more of it in that situation no it's only going to dig your hole deeper yes uh that was a spot i ran into earlier in my life i didn't i mean i'll, I'll put it on the card until i get paid and then i kept doing that but each time I would pay the bill. I'd have less money available for those next two weeks of my life. So then I put more on the card starting earlier. And before I knew it, I'm not paying off that card. And now it's just building. Uh, So there's something there where we're not allocating our money um, in the right ways, perhaps, or there's not enough of it or whatever, uh, where the spending is outpacing the earning mm-hmm. and the the income and so sure delaying some of that by putting it on on credit or or taking out debt makes it feel a little bit better for now but it is really just pushing that problem down the road and while that problem's down there waiting for you he's just going to get bigger and bigger and meaner mm-hmm. i'm not talking about somebody who puts planned for and budgeted for expenses on a credit card and then pays them off every single month I don't really have a problem with that. Although statistically, you are spending more. Mm-hmm. Every layer you get away from a bank account, you you just spend more. I've felt that effect. Everybody's mm-hmm. felt that effect. It's been measured. It's been studied. Okay, so the 2% cash back we get is kind of washed away because we overspent anyway. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that, though, because it was budgeted for, okay? Yeah. I'm talking about somebody who's actively taking on more debt, digging a deeper hole every month. That is like, like warning that this, you need to stop everything. This is crisis moment. You need to line in the sand. We got to, we got to backtrack from here. Mm -hmm. This is no longer, God is not calling you to advance on that plan. Now I said consumer debt. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about a mortgage. No, I'm also not talking about a very specific type of debt. That is sometimes used to create cash flow, usually by a business owner. So what I mean by that, maybe I'm going to, you know, take a $5,000 loan and I'm going to buy this vending machine and now it's going to pay me $800 a month and I'm using that to pay this off and it's more than what it's covering mm-hmm. the expenses every month. And you're paying the thing off, essentially. Yeah. That is a, that's unique. A lot of people use that very imprudently and they don't know what they're doing and then they mm-hmm. get into a situation. I'm talking about a seasoned business owner who has proven ideas <laughs> yeah. is the only person that should be using a situation or a strategy mm-hmm. like that. Not just you wanting to go out and take a gamble. <laughs> yeah, because you're always inter- you're introducing risk in yes. situations like that. So if, especially if you don't really know what's going on or what you're doing you're just taking on a lot of risk that you're probably not prepared to take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so that was just an example. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. encouraging anybody to go out and do that. I'm not in the vending machine business, but yep. I do know it's an option and it might be something we, <laughs> we purchase for our children at some point. 
Because they could manage that. So understanding debt, when to avoid it and all that. Also, you should think about emergency savings, having Mm -hmm. that rainy day fund around and understanding, well, how much should it be? When does that become my priority? Uh, And rightly discerning, when is something an emergency that I'll dip into that fund for? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you are living so on the edge that you have not a dollar for emergency expenses, you don't have anything, again, it's the blaring horn. It's the mm-hmm. stop everything, hold the press, turn around moment. So again, if if you could raise your hand with that, again, there's no shame here. This was mm-hmm. us 12 years ago. This is a walking embodiment of all the things we did wrong, okay? <laughs> So there's no shame here. Most people were never taught what to do. Um, so again, I'm just helping people identify if you're feeling that pain and you're raising your hand saying, yeah, yeah, I don't have that mm-hmm. or I, I am taking on debt or what, then the good news is you've got something you can do about this. Mm. That That's what I want you to feel right now. I want you to feel hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm feeling this way, but my goodness, I've got some action steps. I've got some things I could do. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Sure. And and some of these are like, oh, yeah, that's happening. Oh, shoot. That one, not to make you uh, yeah, feel even worse, but also something that we need to be doing no matter where we are in our financial spot is sacrificial giving. Giving mm-hmm. to the point, to the amount where we notice it. We feel it. We know, man, if we weren't giving, we could be doing this or that. That's when you know you're at the right amount. Yep. So it's not 10%. And if you're if you're at nine and a half, ha, you call yourself generous. Uh, and if you've done 10 mm. and you don't even feel anything, not a big, like you're good because you did your 10. That's not what the, that's not what the measure is. It's if we are giving generously and joyfully. Mm-hmm. So that's another, now, oh, now you're piling up another bill, right? He's uh, understanding it rightly as well and knowing what uh, what to do in, in order to be able to give generously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, remember in scripture, it talked about the the widow who what, put in a, Good penny. a penny. It was like all she had. It might have been all she had for that day to, to be able to eat, and she just chose to give instead because... She wanted to. And then Jesus basically chides those who gave, his quote is, from their surplus, Mm -hmm. surplus wealth. And that doesn't mean that these were people that were incredibly wealthy. Any any amount of money that you spend on anything that's not a need is kind of your surplus. And so we are invited to, to, to say no to some of our wants so that we can sacrificially give. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we need to prioritize that. It's not, I'm going to fund all my needs, I'm going to fund all my wants, and then eh, if there's a couple bucks left over, that's what gets <laughs> tossed in. That's the average bear. That's the average Catholic out there. Uh-uh-uh. First thing we encourage people to do when they sit down with that monthly budget, and we encourage to start at 10%. Mm-hmm. Sit down, plug that number in first. That is the first budget category that gets funded for the Texeras, and it's what we encourage people to do. Now you go down and fill all your needs. Then, if there's you didn't even get down to all your needs and rut row, you ran out of money, well, then you got to go up top and adjust because you do need to get all your needs met, okay? Mm-hmm. So you adjust that. 
It's still sacrificial, but you adjust. And then from after that space, you go ahead and fill in some of the wants. Yep. We also need to be teaching our kids how to handle money. I know our financial lives probably would have been a lot smoother had I gotten more in-home training on how to use money and probably the little I did get if I would have paid attention to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we can set our children up for less stress, less strife in their relationships, less being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. We can do that now. We can set the stage so they know what they're doing when the time comes for them to handle their money. Yeah, we need to be modeling good stewardship to our kids. It's just a it's a responsibility we have. And I think generations of past maybe didn't know how to do that outside of maybe teaching their kid. Hey, we give. There wasn't a whole lot on anything else with money. And God still wants to be part of all those other things, even though they're not giving. He still wants to be included. And so they need to be taught on. And so if we're not witnessing good stewardship to our children, we could be leading them into error. Mm. I mean, frankly, we're setting a bad example and we know what Jesus says about those who set a bad example for the children. Isn't it better to better tie to a millstone? millstone around their <laughs> neck and thrown in the water. <laughs> so if we're modeling poor stewardship for our kids. That should be convicting. Again, not shaming, but oh my Lord, help me get in a place where I can, I don't have to have millions of dollars in the bank. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. but help me to live prudence with my money. And that could look, it's going to look different for all of us. And But even somebody with the smallest of income could live financially peaceful and prudently. Absolutely. So lastly, um, kind of just that grace and nature thing, right? Mm-hmm. So bringing God into our money. If you have investments, are you making sure that they're purposeful? You know, as Catholics, just kind of, blindly throwing money into a pot for a someday is not good enough for us. Mm. We have to have a purpose for it and we have to have an idea of what that money is going to do. We're going to be asked for an account of that at the end of our life. And so we should go into it intentionally, knowing how much we're probably going to need for maybe what we think, because we're not there yet, God might be calling us to at that later date and time when we're going to be accessing these funds. Mm-hmm. It's got to be purposeful. And then we also, we can't put our heads in the sand and not pay attention to the morality. We have to actually, and the bishops have given us some guidance around mm-hmm. this, pay attention to what we're invested in. It's not good enough to just blindly invest in things. We have to dig a peek under the hood. You don't have to get into all the weeds, but you do have to look and you have to know. And if you have the ability to shift an investment to something that is moral versus something that's immoral and it won't cost you too much to do so, we do have an obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of reasons to invest. Certainly you can get a return but also right through industry and through work uh people are able to earn a living for themselves and their family provide for them that's a good thing to be able to provide through our investments uh and then there's just good things that can be done through those companies provide housing and all that so this list we just talked about right Mm -hmm. budgeting every month check 
Paying off debt and living without consumer debt. Check. Emergency savings. Check. Sacrificial giving. Check. Put, uh, teaching our kids about money. Check. Being a purposeful and moral investor. Check. These are all things that we can do. But remember, it's not enough. It's not up to just us to make sure our finances are healthy, that we're in a good spot. That's putting too much um, of the power and the responsibility on only ourselves. We need to do all these things. And we also need to totally trust in God and his providence that he will provide for us. It is that both and. So yep. don't just listen to the beginning of the episode. Don't just listen to that middle part we just talked about. You got to listen to both of them mm-hmm. and push them both together. Yeah. So if if you're in pain and you could relate to those sentiments that I shared in the Instagram poll, take mm-hmm. this as a moment to to turn to the Lord and invite him into your specific situation and examine you know, do you need help acquiring new habits or skills or attitudes around money? Maybe you're doing everything we just talked about Mm. and you are stewarding the pants out of the money being entrusted to you. If that's you, but you're still in a really tight spot and it hurts, you are in a season of just trust, radical abandonment and perseverance. You're doing what you need to be doing and now you're just abandoning yourself to the Lord, waiting for him to show up and make up for the difference. Mm-hmm. We have found ourselves in that position many times over the last almost, what, 12 years now, mm-hmm. where we were stewarding the pants off of the money given to mm-hmm. us, but it just wasn't enough. It's- and those are the times when. You know, the Lord can just sanctify you. He can grow your trust. He can miraculously provide. You give room for him and you lean on him. And all of a sudden, it what you have turns out to be enough. Or it is a sanctifying chapter. But then when you're out of it on the other side, you get to see all of the seeds that were planted and cultivated and grown during that time. And now you have them for the rest of your life, that radical trust, that radical you know, belief that he's going to come through for you. And now those are just fruits that are living within your soul forever. Mm. And that's a gift mm-hmm. that he can give you during a financial stressful chapter. That's amazing. Absolutely. But the assumption is stewarding the pants off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, I mean, think about, I don't know if this is, if this analogy is going to work 100%. But I think it'll at least get the idea across. Is it a food analogy? No, actually. Oh, good. Okay. I can make it one. No. Uh, I am living my life. I am committed to being as good a disciple as possible of Jesus. I still have to go to confession. I'm doing all all I can to like do everything well and as best I can and learn more and grow in it. But I'm still falling down. There's still times when I'm not making the best decision. Mm. So I think it can be the same way with our money. Okay, yeah, I am trying to steward the pants off this thing. I am making these good decisions. I am trying to learn more. I am trying to get everything set up the right way. There's still times when I make a dumb move or when I forget to do this or I don't have Or something outside of your control happens. Comes and, and, yeah, blows the house down. Or you just, you just don't. That part of the plan isn't together yet, whatever it might be. So there's times. So sometimes it's certainly just do out of ignorance. Sometimes it could be, I guess, 
willful disobedience and poor stewardship. But I think most of the time it's, I'm trying hard. I still need to grow in this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a a spot like that, which I'm going to wager, I'd say most of us are in a spot like that. We're trying. You have goodwill. Yeah, you're trying. Maybe you could know what to do a little bit better, you know? Um, and so if that if that's it, right, you're you're maybe you're living on the edge. Things are like, you know, this is I'm budgeting, but I'm living on the edge without any savings. Or I've got savings in place, but I'm not giving uh very sacrificially. Or oh boy, I don't really we're budgeting, I don't but really we're know on what debt. the the money's up to. There seems to be enough, but mm. I really don't know. Or I don't know what we're invested in, whatever it might be. That's all right. That is just another sign that, okay, well, let's, it's the Lord inviting you. Let's take another step closer to me. Or we're doing all this, but boy, I haven't really prayed about my finances. I don't really trust him with it or inviting him into it. All right. That's just, again, it's an invitation. Come a little closer. Trust me a little bit more. Come a little closer. Learn a little bit more on how to do this. Mm-hmm. Because when we learn to handle our money well, to be those good stewards, well, how could that not bring joy to our Father's heart? Mm -hmm. And how would he not want then to trust us with more, right? It's the steward who doubled the money, who was not only let in to and invited into um, the, the joy of his master, but who was trusted with even more. And so there's gonna be tough times, there's gonna be rough days, but if we persevere and go through it and learn more and continue to grow in our practical skills and closer to the Lord, I think the day will come when we are invited into that joy and entrusted with more. So speaking about kind of marrying these two things, right? Mm. Grace and nature, uh, trusting in God, but also having the skills to manage the money he's entrusting to us. We are going to be talking about that in an upcoming live training. We're going to do how to win with money without losing your soul. Mm. It's going to be in a couple of weeks here. And in the training, we are going to talk just about those practicals. Mm. You know, how can you actually develop good financial, prudent, savvy money skills, money habits, and set yourself up to do well with it. But, Also, do it in the right way because it just matters. If you do it in the wrong way, yeah, you could lose your soul. I care about that. You care about that. Mm -hmm. But there's just a couple of ways that you can kind of build in a couple of habits and checks and balances and attitudes that you just build in. And then you're not your soul is not at risk, if you will. Yeah. We don't want you to lose your shirt and we don't want you to lose your soul. Right. And so we're going to talk about kind of keeping um, those things in balance together at this training. And we are going to open up during the end of the training enrollment in our Wallet Win Academy, where that's where our Catholic money course lives. So the A to Z playbook of how to practically handle your money as a Catholic. That is what is inside the eight module, no, not eight module, eight week long Catholic money course. Mm -hmm. Some parishes are out there leading it live this fall. Mm-hmm. We are going to be leading it live at our parish. I say ours is one of them. Ours is one of them. And so if you take that chance to enroll in Wallet Win Academy, you're going to have a chance to go through. 
we're going to live stream the class we're doing at our mm-hmm. parish. So you're going to get a chance to get that accountability that for eight weeks on Wednesday nights, you can show up and go through the Catholic money course. So again, not everybody will that be the right step for, but for a good bit of you, it probably will be, you know, just getting that information, that knowledge, those practical skills, just get in, get it done, get on with your life and you'll be off to the races in no time. And I, I'm excited to hear, you know, we always do this. We always take polls from our students from when they start and then when they're exiting the class and then even occasionally in the years beyond. And I just always love hearing their feedback of going from the stress, the worried, the anxious, the overwhelmed to being at peace, feeling like mm-hmm. they know they have a plan, feeling um, excited that they can actually give in a way that they hadn't been doing before, mm-hmm. feeling closer to the Lord around their finances, feeling less strained in their marriage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We love that. That's why we get up in the morning. Because that and the alarm. That and the alarm. <laughs> yeah, that and our holy hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to be forthright with that. So if you join us in our live workshop we are going to break down again how to win with money without losing your soul that is at walletwin.com slash soul soul and then we're going to give you a chance to join us mm-hmm. live yeah, yeah yeah so if this episode touched you a little bit i think the next the best next step for you is just go to walletwin.com slash soul and go through that material that we're going to have ready for you there we're putting the finishing touches on it polishing it up making it real nice and pretty for you and we look forward to having you join us you can sign up at walletwin.com slash soul until next time bye for now thanks for joining us today you can learn more about this show and the walletwin program at walletwin.com music in this episode's from dylan gardner listen to his new album almost real on itunes spotify or wherever you get your music See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.